0: Hello there. Before we get started on the latest Walk podcast, just a reminder that the Walk Awards for Effectiveness are back and they're bigger and better than ever. We've expanded from six categories to 11, so if you can show your work has worked, there'll be a category for you. Entries are now open and, best of all, they're free. Head to walk.com for more details and to download your entry pack. Remember to submit before the deadline on the 29th of March. Good luck. Now, let's get to the episode. Welcome to The Walk Podcast. My name's David Tiltman, and today we are talking about the evolution of media, and the role of advertising in a new model media market. Now, the media industry is in a state of flux. We've been writing about this for Uh, months if not years. Uh, On the one hand we're seeing subscription platforms like Netflix or commerce platforms like Amazon pivoting towards ad-funded products. On the other we're seeing social networks like Instagram and Twitter exploring subscription revenues. And sat in the squeezed middle we have what I guess we used to call publishers struggling to make ends meet. Now, to explore the factors driving this instability and maybe give a bit of a hint of what's coming next, our Walk Media service has launched a new global ad trends report called Media Models in Flux. Joining me to share three key insights from the report over the next 15 minutes or so is Alex Brownsell, Head of Content for Walk Media. Alex, welcome to the podcast. Before we get into all the detail, why don't you just explain why we chose to look at this topic? Thanks, David. As you've
1: you've just pointed out, there's a huge amount, probably too much possibly to unpack in in a single podcast. But um, just, just for background, really, one of the things that we'd seen over the last few years, you know, actually five, six, seven longer years, is as a drift towards direct audience revenues in media. Um, particularly, you know, Netflix being the sort of poster boy for that that sort of subscription economy. Um, but now we're seeing those very same digital platforms, uh, you know, Netflix and Spotify, for instance, increasingly focused on growing their advertising businesses. And we wanted to explore the impact of these changes, both for brands and for media owners.
0: Yeah. And I think as well, we'll go on to explore in this podcast, There's there's so many businesses moving in so many different directions here and uh, you know given that our focus is advertising and using media as a uh, as an advertising vehicle uh, in in this particular context then the role advertising plays within these models is is really interesting because it does seem to be changing quite quickly absolutely great okay so what's the first insight from the report you've you've brought with you
1: well i it's a slightly downbeat point to, to kind of open with but frankly traditional media models are we're finding are becoming unsustainable um in a, a data-driven a programmatically traded digital advertising market it's frankly it's becoming harder for content creating Publishers to to remain remain even vaguely competitive we've we've had you know industry crises over the of, over the last few years you know you think of things like brand safety and, and ad fraud discussions around conscious media planning and, th- and there' been this suggestion that perhaps we'd see
0: a, a flight to quality, a flight to premium in online advertising. Now, that's not really happened, has it? That, that we, we've You're right. We've talked about a flight to quality for several years and uh, as, as much as in hope as in expectation, maybe. But there's been some of that, but it's not so huge that it's really making a dent in the ad spend numbers, is it?
1: no the the figures definitely don't bear out any any flight to quality i mean publishing media um globally is forecast to see a, a 7.7% ad spend decline this year according to walk media data and you know that that means its share of the global ad market is is going to drop to 4.3% and remember you know even as recently as 2010 this was a channel that commanded nearly 30% you know nearly a third of all ad spend globally i mean the the, the
0: kind of collapse has been rapid and, and ongoing uh, now uh, the decline of well print publishing though whatever you want to call the uh, uh uh industry um and maybe we'll come on to unpack that a little bit that's not a new thing i mean we've we've been talking about this for for quite a while so why why is this so relevant now
1: well one of the things that our analysis showed up is that you know we know that print ad, ad investment is is you know it's has sort of fallen off a bit of a cliff accelerated um, during the the pandemic. In contrast, the digital ad spend that's earned by by publishers, by that medium, it's barely ticking upwards. Um, You know, global publishing, print ad revenue um, fell from over $75 billion in 2016 to about $37 billion last year, you know, about half. And yet print is still accounting for nearly three quarters of total ad spend in publishing. And this stands really in contrast to what we're seeing in other channels like video and audio and and outdoor, where investment in, in digital formats, you know, whether that's CTV or audio streaming, seems to actually be steadily replacing the,
0: the lost revenue from online offline formats. So this is really interesting, isn't it? Because it, it feels like this sort of publishing, this publishing layer, whatever however we we'd, we'd want to define it, They've basically traded analog dollars for digital cents. They're they're uh, they're really struggling to make up uh, to monetize their digital audiences in the way they used to be able to monetize their offline audiences. Yeah, that's right. And as part of the report, we
1: we interviewed Brian Morrissey, formerly of course uh, of Digiday, now founder of of the rebooting. And and his view uh, that he told us was, you know, the reality of the publishing industry today is that you you really can't have an original content model that is 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 solely or even mostly reliant on display advertising revenue and the data does seem to back things up um for some publishers you know the new york times is the oft cited example you know they have been able to build out sustainable subscription models others in in niche markets for instance we interviewed uh, the leadership team at uh, washington dc based politico for this report you know are, are doing okay but you contrast that with with the struggles of those publishers that are solely or or, or almost entirely funded by digital advertising, you know, the likes of Vice and BuzzFeed and Vox. I think their struggles tell you, you know, that the idea of of, of funding a content model entirely on advertising is increasingly
0: challenging in today's market. And part of that, of course, is that, that the money that comes from building these audiences isn't just captured by these publishers. It's captured by, well you know the the big social media players and, and and others so a lot of the incremental money that's coming into the market or the all the money that is uh that could be coming to the publishers from the shift from analog to digital is actually going elsewhere it's not actually going to the publishers absolutely you know i the, the
1: publishers have put a huge amount of effort into their their ad tech stats, uh into you know digitizing their content into you know examining their audiences and making their proposition more attractive but it seems that no matter what they do they're never going to be as easy to buy or as attractive as those really bulky sizable platforms and and they're the ones that are still taking the investment
0: because often they have they have the the data the self-serve tools the direct uh, relationship with uh, with uh, with the customer absolutely Okay, so f- from what you said, it seems as though advertising is becoming the icing on the cake for media businesses. It it's, uh, offers a nice additional layer of income, but compared with where we were 10 plus years ago, it's not sufficient to build, uh, build a media business around uh, on its own. I, I think that's right.
1: And, and the second takeaway that, that we offer in the Global Ad Trends report is that advertising is increasingly perceived by the digital platforms, the likes of Netflix, Disney, and Spotify, as a way of driving greater profitability. Um, you know, Netflix said it plans to carve out an ad business equivalent to, to 10% of its current total revenues. So, you know, that's about three or four billion, dollars, depending on, on how quickly Netflix grows over the next few years. You know, for context, a domestic broadcaster like ITV in the UK, you know, it makes more than a couple of, of billion dollars in, in annual revenues from advertising. YouTube is forecast to earn more than $32 billion this year at the other end of the scale. So this is a modest target. Um, and that emphasizes that that Netflix still primarily sees itself as being a
0: subscription business for the long term. Okay, so there's a couple of things there. So the first one is, I think what's interesting about whether it's Netflix or YouTube is that they're able to drive these these revenues globally, where a player like ITV, which you just mentioned in in the UK, it finds it far harder to to monetize an international audience uh, because it's a, it's a local market, it's a local market player. So one of the things these big platforms have uh, to their advantage is that is their ability to drive global um, global scale. But the numbers are interesting uh, that you've just cited because ITV at 2 billion and Netflix at, at, at 3 to 4 billion. Netflix is basically saying that it's able to create a business. Or it thinks it's going to be able to create a business double the size of the UK's leading commercial broadcaster within a few years. Uh, as a side business i mean that's that's pretty insane it's quite terrifying isn't it and yeah like you say almost
1: as a side hustle a little bit of you know a little bit of advertising revenue on the side just to sort of make everything look a bit nicer for the for the shareholders it's um i think it goes to that that scale that reach point we've talked in the past about the fact that um as younger audiences come away from linear television in particular um, those reach curves are becoming harder to sort of, uh, you know, to, to to scale up for 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 brands, and therefore a player like Netflix with global presence, quality content, obviously we all know that it's it's going to be an attractive prospect, and and it shows that actually, um, without potentially trying hugely hard, um, they they can blow some of these large national
0: champions out of the water. So is this is this shift by these uh, the these big streaming players and, and other tech giants into advertising is that is that driven just by the need for profitability or, or are they responding to something in in consumer behavior or consumer needs? I think there's a couple of things happening here. What one is
1: obviously um, as we've just discussed, I think they they've spied an opportunity to, um, to to make some money here and and that they realize what they have is attractive to advertisers. But it's also probably a slightly defensive move as as well. It's a hugely competitive market, so a, a lower-priced ad tier, you know, it may help Netflix and others to help to them to reduce churn. Um, but it also might be that something more fundamental is occurring in terms of viewing habits. Uh, in in the Global Ad Trends report, we cite data from, a, a, you know, a, a broad range of providers, and we could have chosen more actually. You know, we have data from GWI, from Rakuten, TVision, from Roku, all agreeing that consumers are increasingly amenable to the idea of ads in OTT, in streaming, you know, especially, actually, those consumers that are thinking about cancelling their subscriptions. I asked Jermaine Montaigne, uh, the head of marketing at TVision, if she thought that the switch from SVOD to AVOD was, was a short-term trend driven perhaps by uh, cost-of-living pressures or if what we're seeing is actually more of a longer-term shift.
2: Actually, the trend away from SVODs has been happening for a while. When we look at how viewers spend their time watching TV, how they're accessing that content, we see that SVODs' peak was pre-inflation back in Q1 of 2021. Since then, CTV viewing behavior has shifted to more closely mirror that of linear TV viewing behavior, where advertising is just a common part of the experience. I think it's also worth noting that ad supported apps and fast channels have improved their ad experience recently. So, as a viewer, we're not as annoyed maybe as we once were about things like repeat ads and things like that in CTV. In fact, a good measure of viewer tolerance for ads in CTV is probably our attention data. In our most recent State of CTV report, we actually are going to report out that CTV ad attention is very close to that of linear ad attention. Um, In fact, in the back half of 2022, CTV ad attention averaged 34.1%, whereas linear ad attention averaged 35.8%. So a good indication that viewers are watching and engaged with ads in CTV. So Jermaine
0: mentioned there the rising popularity of fast channels. What does she mean by that?
1: Yeah, there's there's another acronym to to chuck onto the pile. So these these are free, ad-funded linear streaming TV services. You know, they're often, frankly, built around library content. You know, genres like detective dramas or food and cookery. Um, and I think it's it's very much fair to say that they're they're more popular currently in the US than they are in Europe, where consumers are frankly spoilt for choice in terms of free to access public service broadcasting and uh, you know maybe some of the viewing that's going into fast in in the us is is occupied by broadcaster video on demand bvod in europe um but but again you know particularly with the us market it's further evidence of that growing willingness to watch free ad supported television rather than spend money on a subscription product mm-hmm.
0: Great. So let's move on to the third and final insight from the report. Uh, What have you got? Well, without wanting to get too philosophical, um, I think what what
1: we've concluded from putting together this Global Ad Trends report is, is, you know, at the very foundations, what it means to be a media owner today is, is being rewritten. I think media used to be relatively simple. You created content that that people, the audience has found appealing, and then you monetized it either by making those people pay for it, mostly through subscriptions, or you monetized it through advertising revenue and brand sponsorship. The internet muddied the model a little bit, um, but even search social, you know, that constituted content of a kind. Uh, Now, particularly with the rise of things like retail media, we're seeing advertising investment directed at platforms totally lacking in in content, but very close to the point of purchase. Take Amazon as as the prime example, no pun intended. It earned $37.7 billion from advertising services last year. The entire global publishing sector is forecast to be worth $47 billion. Dollars in 2023, so the gap is closing, and and, you know quite feasibly within a year or two, Amazon as a single company might be worth more than the entire global publishing business.
0: Yeah, this is a really good point, Alex. I mean, I I know that there is this sort of uh, saying everything is an ad network uh, these days, but I I think it's really worth dwelling on that 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 the, the concept we have of a media owner, a media operator, being both the creator of content and the, the creator of content a driver of audience and then monetizer of that audience that package has really been sort of blown up and and we're seeing audiences driven by intent rather than content uh being monetized in new ways we're also seeing people who create content monetizing that content in a in, in entirely different ways as well. So, the whole uh, the the whole definition of what it means to be to, to be in the media business is 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 pretty grey these days. No, I, I completely agree. I mean, I think in, in a world where first party
1: data and, and performance matter most to a lot of advertisers, especially in the context of the current economic climate, um, you know that historic. Relationship between content and audience and advertising—that let's be honest—has underpinned the success of of this industry for decades. You know, brands have been built on 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 the basis of this connection. That relationship has been hugely weakened, um, and I think it's very telling. You know, more than four dollars in in out of every ten dollars spent on advertising in any format globally goes to three companies, Alphabet, Amazon, and Meta, three companies that frankly don't even see themselves as media owners. Um, you know, Now just about every mobile app from Uber to delivery is, is trying to figure out how they can capitalize on what seems to be a relative apathy towards environment and, and media quality and how they can muscle their way into the advertising industry.
0: Well, that seems like a very depressing place to leave it, at least if, if, you, uh, if you work in the media business. Um, is there any hope for what we might call traditional media owners or, or do we just bow down to our new tech overlords
1: <laughs> well there's always hope and there'll always be winners you know i think the new york times is a prime example of of a company that has you know managed escape velocity and has built a sustainable business at least in the sort of medium term um The logical move for a lot of these companies, these these publishing companies, is to focus less on that performance spend and look more towards the brand building dollars, so to speak. We've talked extensively at WALK um, about the need for brands to generate future demand. And there are signs that the industry is taking this on board. I think we've seen some positive um, noises from Diageo and other companies recently. We're all waiting for that moment where third party cookies um, will be phased out by Alphabet, by Google. And when that happens, you know, many people believe there is going to be a growing role for contextual targeting and, and premium publishing in particular should benefit from that shift. But the quality of the advertising experience is also going to matter and factors like attention, for instance, you know, I mean, for instance, a banner ad on a newspaper website um, is is never really going to compare in in some senses to a full screen, non skippable thirty second video ad on Netflix, and and as Brian Morrissey very colorfully told us that without the right assets, whether they are creative or data assets, publishers risk turning up for a gunfight with a butter knife.
0: Uh, is a good quote, and I think that point about formats is really important because so so many of the formats we see online uh, are are. Really low quality, and and so I think you know if you're going to go down that sort of brand building line, it's about the quality of format, the quality of attention, and then the data you're able to put around that in terms of audience and context and uh, and those sorts of things. So, um, hope as you say, but uh, but uh, yeah, it, it does feel like there's a lot of work to do uh, in this particular area as the as the industry evolves quite quickly.
1: No, I completely agree, and and I think you know we should also be realistic about um, the scale here. You know, in, in terms of scalability, not everyone's going to be able to succeed through through these factors. We're not. We're never going to see these types of publishing businesses um, doing the kinds of revenue that that, that that Alphabet and Meta are, for instance. It's it's about finding within the scale of that industry a model that works for, for your publishing business.
0: Thank you, Alex. Well, if you would like to read the global ad trends on Media in Flux, then uh, if you're a Walk Media subscriber, please head over to the site and read that now. And if you're not a subscriber, then I believe there is a sample version of the report that you can download. Well, we'll be back next time. Uh, And until then, please do follow us on your podcasting platform of choice. And if you really like what you've heard, please do leave us a review. Until next time, thanks for listening. Bye.